This is High School Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nitin Jalodanki and Ayush Agarwal. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to High School Not So Much a Musical. We have a very, very special episode today. We're joined with Jack, who is somebody you probably know from the circle. I mean, millions of people have seen him. So, Jack, could you just talk about your time in reality TV, your presence on the circle, and your time out of the circle, and who you are, just your whole background as a whole? Yeah, so just to give a, a quick synopsis, I guess, uh, I'm Jack. I'm 21 years old. I'm currently a college student at the University of Chicago. Uh, I grew up in Connecticut, uh, you know, went, went to high school, everything, obviously, um, which not, not too long ago. Uh, and I grew up just a big fan of like reality TV shows like Survivor, Big Brother. When I first watched The Circle when it came out at the beginning of 2020, which feels like so long ago now, um, I, I watched season one. I was like, hey, this looks like it would be a great experience. Uh, I'm obviously still in college at this time. This was my sophomore year. Um, and I was like, hey, this looks like a fun thing to, to do. So I sent in an application. Uh, one thing, I, I really had no expectations when I applied because it's, it's such a competitive process. I kind of compare it to like college applications where, you know, I've applied to like Survivor, for example, and I didn't really have any luck over there. But then all of a sudden you apply to this different show and there's something about you that just stands out. So each kind of show is kind of like a different, you know, college where they'll have certain things that they prioritize, certain things they like, and sometimes it's just a good fit. So. Uh, I had I, f- I took like the first call for like like one of the casting people called me and just got to know me and then one thing led to another a couple of interviews down the line and before I knew it, I was on the show um, which I flew out for in September of 2020 um, I was on season two we filmed season two uh, season two didn't I got back on Halloween of that year actually but the show didn't come out until. Uh, April of 2021, April of this year. So there was that sort of like weird, you know, five month period where I had already filmed the show, but it was just like big secret. Uh, it hadn't come out. So it was like this thing in the back of my mind that I knew was like gonna be a crazy experience, but nobody else really around me, save me, like a few close friends and like my family knew what was gonna happen. So I just kind of went back to like normal college life. Um, tried to just enjoy that time before everything kind of blew up or whatever, however you want to say it. But then, yeah, the show came out in April. It aired from April to May. Um, I, I had a lot of fun watching it back. Just, even as like a fan of the show, it's just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and because, so I was still in school at the time, but we were remote. So I came out to LA um, in May and I was here all the way to the end of September. Uh, just living life out here, getting to know people, trying to make connections, trying to like see if I can get my foot in the industry a little bit more. Um, even before the show came out, my long-term goal is to, to kind of work in like the, t- the management side of the like, entertainment. So either like an agent or like a talent manager. So just getting to know people here in that space and seeing what ultimately I could do. But also, you know, being in LA as a 21-year-old is a lot of fun. So I've really just kind of been live life to the fullest. And then in September, back to school. Um, but now I'm on you know, winter break, we're actually remote for the next few weeks. So I'm out in LA again for a little bit, just trying to, you know, catch up with people, get the lay of the land, uh, and just, you know, see what I ultimately want to do. But I'm still living that college life uh, and just seeing where life takes me, I guess. I kind of go with the flow, but. You talked about like the importance there of building connections. And that's something I think a lot of high schoolers tend to not understand until, you know, they finally finally grow up, they get into college and they realize, Oh wait, how do I get these internships?
countries like Bollywood, Tollywood, because of all the nepotism that exists. And it's more about like, not what you know or how good you are, but who you know. But as you mentioned there, there's also like the application processes, which allow, you know, common people to gain a foothold in the industry in shows like The Survivor and The Circle. So if you could talk more about the application process you essentially took, uh, because obviously for college admissions and the application process there, you have like the different parts, like the essays, the letter of recommendations, the extracurriculars, the grades, the SAT scores, et cetera. But could you talk a little bit about what the application process was like for and trying to enter like reality TV shows? Yeah, so for, for the circle, I could speak to the whole thing. So the circle is sort of, it's pretty similar application process to a lot of other reality TV shows. The first step anyone can submit you sort of you shoot like a one minute video. So I literally just took my phone uh, and just like selfie style, just went on a rant for like one minute. Uh, and then you answer some like written questions, you know, like, what, like what would your strategy be? Like, what, th what do you think makes you unique? Stuff like that. Uh, and then if, they, if they're interested, you know, they'll call you, they'll get to know you. Uh, and then they'll set up, you know, a few interviews. So you'll interview with the they sort of delegate the casting and most shows do this the network or the or the show itself will like outsource the casting to like uh, like i guess professional casting directors people like that who are independent from the network so they'll be the ones going through all the application video and giving you the first initial calls um and then if they like you they'll kind of package your they'll like they'll take like the all from the interview and they'll combine it kind of with like pictures videos of you and send it over the network and if the network likes you then they will um you know reach you, they'll move you to the next step you'll do an interview with with the producers of the show and then eventually like for for the circle you'll be talking to some of the netflix executives because the, the production for the show uh is into is, it's its own production company it's like a british production company well and the rights to like own the show were bought by netflix so uh, the production company does kind of the whole thing themselves and tries to make like, the best product that they can. But at the same time, they have to like get Netflix approval on like, you know, who does Netflix think is going to like stand out on, on screen? Like who does Netflix, so Netflix gets their say and like who gets cast. So you kind of have to deal with, you know, the initial casting people. Then you have to kind of appeal to yourself to the, the production team of the show itself. And you also kind of need to get Netflix's blessing that you be on there. Um, so it was just a whirlwind, there was a lot, I mean, they do like background checks, everything like that, because they want to make sure you're like, you know, of sound mind to go on there, you're not going to do anything like crazy. Uh, but yeah, and then like you said, with the whole connection thing though, like, it's, it, that is a great point. Um, connections are so crucial, but to me, I will say, I think it's sort of like you have a certain amount of like connection capital, right, in, in the entertainment industry or just like general in entertainment industry where I feel like there's some people who just like love to network, love to connect, like, and it, I, sometimes it works for them, but for me, it's like, I only, I like to connect in a way that feels like genuine to me and like network in a way that feels genuine. Like, sure, I'll think of like, oh, if I'm gonna go hang out with someone, like maybe we can collaborate on like career stuff. In the entertainment industry, that's especially true because pretty much everyone out in LA is like kind of tied into that. But um, at, at the same time, it's like, maybe this person could do something for me, but if I don't want to like hang out with them authentically, like then it just feels kind of disingenuous. So there's that, that balance there. But I, like you said, social capital, like networking, super important. A lot of different ways to go about it, but it's gonna be hard to like really, you know, find yourself in a successful position, whether it's like in your career or whatever, if you're not putting the time in like socially. Yeah, like, so the previous episode we did that was really 
least a couple of days or the, before this podcast was with a child actor who was on Disney Channel from, or he was on the show Mighty Met. I'm oh, nice. Sure you've heard of it. Yeah, he, he was like Alan. His name's Devin Lewis now. He's not an actor anymore, but um, like he auditioned for this show or the show Mighty Met when he was like 13. And we talked to him about the whole audition process. And obviously we just heard about your audition process. And there were some differences because like, you know, he was like 12, 12 13 years old. Yeah. It was from Disney Channel, like yours, um, or when you auditioned for The Circle, you also had to get like approval from Netflix themselves. They would be like, oh yeah, I think you know he would look good on screen as well. So it's obviously that, but um, aside from that, like you also have like a life outside of like, you know, acting on um, The Circle. Like uh, when we when we first reached out, reached out to you, we did a little bit of research and we found out that um, you, you know, you were you were in college and you, ha- you were majoring in astrophysics and economics at the University of Chicago. Yeah. And um, I feel like most of the people like watching or l- listening to this podcast, they know you from the circle. Mm-hmm. But if you could talk a little bit, you know, about what you're doing in college, like why you chose astrophysics, astrophysics, astrophysics and um, economics, like that'd be great. Yeah, so my major is business economics. Uh, I kind of was set on doing that from the jump uh, when I first entered school. I just, like I said, for the long, even before the show, I kind of wanted to end up in some sort of like, you know, talent management. Initially, I thought that was going to be kind of in the sports realm. Now it's sort of moved over to like entertainment and stuff because that's where I have more connections. Uh, And, you know, there's not, I didn't necessarily want to study, you know, management or like sports management in college because I felt like it was a little too niche. Whereas I felt like business economics uh, has like a lot of versatility. So, you know, you can get a business degree and you can go to a lot of different fields. So that's kind of what I went into um, business, which I think business is pretty interesting. It's like I said, it's applicable to everything. Economic, the economics portion of it, like I don't really, I don't love like the math stuff, but I do kind of like, you know, the psychology of like, like why, like why do people buy certain things? Why do certain things like gain value, appreciate value, things like that? I think are pretty interesting like the behavioral side of things. Um, and then, my school has like a, a lot, like a, several core requirements, one of which is like, you know, there's some science requirements. And I took this class uh, sort of about our solar system, I guess you would say. And as I was studying and it, I really, it wasn't like, I thought that was cool, but I don't think it was like particularly interesting. But as I was studying for the final, I was studying, um, I came across like this topic called, called the, this thing called the Oort cloud, which is this like distant, uh, like theoretical cluster of like asteroids. I won't go into like boring details, uh, but basically like most of the comets or, like asteroids we see in our solar system are like being pushed in from that by some like distant gravitational entity that like we don't we don't know we don't like know what it is, but we know it exists because that like the gra- that's how the gravity must work. Whatever. And I was like, like that's pretty cool. Like to, to think that there's something out there that we have no idea what it actually is, but like it has to exist for all this stuff to work. I was like, that, I thought that was pretty interesting. So then I like looked into like the astro astronomy and astrophysics minor at our school, and it's honestly like not it's not too demanding. So we do quarters. So we have three quarters a year. So in total, you'll you'll do twelve quarters by the time you finish college. And the astro minor is only five classes. So if you took one class in less than in fewer than half of the quarters there, like you're getting a minor in astrophysics, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, and the, my, my uh, issue with like our, our, the major at my school is a lot of times it's really hard to get the classes you need because they're, the business economics major is relatively new. It just used to be economics. So a lot of the business classes, they'll only have like one class or one professor. 
but there's so many kids now doing this major that there's just there's a lot of demand and not a lot of supply. Um, so with astronomy and astrophysics, I found myself, I was always kind of able to get a class. So it was just kind of an easy like class to add on to my schedule. And I don't plan on like doing anything with astronomy or astrophysics. I'm not particularly like knowledgeable in it. I kind of just finesse my way through it. But I did think it was, it's definitely an interesting thing to think about. I think like philosophically too, it's cool to think about space and just like imagine our kind of our place in the world because there's so much out there. And then also from like a, a, you know, job marketing perspective, business economics is like the most common major at our school. So to do something that sets you apart sort of from, from your other, from your peers or something that like, di like diversifies your skill set, I think is also important. So, you know, when you say like astrophysics, people are like, oh, like, holy crap. Like, are you like a rocket scientist? It's, I'm like, I know, I like barely know anything. Like I could talk about like the solar system a little bit or like the Oort cloud, but that perception that it's like something really interesting, I think helps you kind of market yourself. And actually on to that point, um, when I, when I was applying to the circle, I was like, yeah, my major is like business economics, but I'm currently in the middle of like doing astronomy, astrophysics minor. And they're like, they were like, astrophysics? Like you must be so smart. I was like, I was like, totally. Yeah, like definitely super smart. And then you kind of pivot like with the circle. I was like, yeah, like that. I'm like, cause I, when you're applying to, especially like reality TV, and I think this is a, probably a big difference too from your last interviewee, because if, if it's scripted TV, you know, you're auditioning, you're acting, like you have to fit the role. Reality TV, like I was never trying to be anything I wasn't. I was just being myself. And I do think you have to sort of amplify the best or the most like appealing parts of yourself for TV. Um, but for, so for me, I was, I was saying, I'm going to catfish as this like, you know, cute little sorority girl that everyone's going to like trust and kind of underestimate. But at the same time, like, I'm a huge fan of these shows. So I feel like strategically, I'm going to bring, I'm going to like fully bring it. Like I'm going to, I felt like I was going to be one of the best strategists, you know, the show had seen. And so adding sort of that astrophysics component, they loved it. Cause they're like, oh, now you just seem like even smarter than, you know, you are. And I was like, yeah, like, sure. So you've got to amplify those, those sort of things. So I think that you've given us like a really good overview of your background and life before the circle. So for the people who are watching who don't know what the circle is, could you explain what the circle is, um, your role on the circle, the like your whole journey, your whole journey, because you started off as Emily, but then you got eliminated and then you got to work with another person on like another profile. So could you just explain what the circle is and the whole journey that you took through it? Yeah, so The Circle is a Netflix reality show. Uh, it's, I guess it's touted as like a social media competition. So uh, a bunch of different players move into the same apartment building, but everyone's in separate apartments. So you don't see each other throughout the duration of the game. And you're able to interact through like this faux social media network called The Circle, where you can like, you, you, you chat with the other players. You'll have like group chats with the other players. You'll play like, I guess there's sort of like get to know you games that like, you know, basically the whole thing is about your relationships with other players and gaining popularity either through like like i said group games or private discussions and then each round every there's like strategy because everybody has to rate each other essentially you can you can rate people however you want but I, I, generally you rate you know the, the the people you trust the most towards the top and you know the people you don't really trust or don't really want around at the bottom and then the people with the t highest average like cumulative rating each round get to exercise the power to remove someone from the game. 
So over time, people are removed from the game. And once you reach it to the final five, uh, you all rate each other and the highest average rating wins, which can get tricky sometimes because one of my issues, honestly, with the circle is that when you reach that phase, there's no there's no like reason to actually honestly rate your fellow competitors. I just did it sheerly off strategy. Like I basically rated the people I thought were the least popular at the top and the most popular people at the bottom. It's sort of like a prisoner's dilemma where like, why would you actually rate the popular people high? Because then they're just going to win and they're going to beat you. So a lot of times in the seasons, the most popular player doesn't even win, which is a little bit weird, but it's always an interesting way. And when you get to the final five, all of the players come and like meet, meet up with each other face to face. And which makes it interesting because on the show, like you said, you can cat because you never see the players, your profile can either be you or you could catfish as somebody else. So I catfished as my friend, her, her real name's Marielle, but I, I chose the name Emily. Uh, like I said, like this cute blonde sorority girl, uh, which initially when I applied, that was not my plan. I was I was down for whatever. But when they first called me, they, we sort of said like, you know, what, let's, like, let's brainstorm. What do we think is gonna give me the best chance of getting on? So catfishing A, I think is, is a good move because it, it you can kind of create like a narrative or a story. So. I was like, if I want to be the super strategic player who's willing to like stab anybody in the back, why not just pretend to be like the sweet, innocent girl? And they, that, and they sort of like threw that by me. And I'm in a fraternity, like I'm a, I'm a frat kid, college kid. So that juxtaposition of seeing like a frat boy pretend to be a sorority girl was kind of hilarious. And even throughout the show, at one point, I had to like flirt with this other this guy. And it was just like, it was so messy, but super funny. Um, but then, yeah, not to spoil too much, but like you said, I got eliminated uh, at some point in the show, and it was actually like a double elimination. So the person that I got, that also got eliminated, we so when you get eliminated, you're allowed to go meet somebody who's still in the game face-to-face, and just, you can confront them, or it could be someone that you really liked throughout the game, and you like want to see if they're real and get to know them. So we, both of us two that got blocked, we're going to meet, you know, our respective people but they did it so that we actually met each other in a new apartment and we became a new player and got a second chance in the game. So we became uh, John, who is this like, so the only thing they gave us was a picture of this old man and with like a, a thick mustache and like, you know, white hair, kind of looked like Santa. Um, and his occupation on the profile had to be psychic, which was also funny because like, because we had been in the game and knew the players, but they didn't know that we were the new person. We were sort of able to be like psychic and be like, oh, like this rat, like what, I, like, cause we already knew information about them that they didn't think that we would know because they thought we were new players. So we, were, we sort of were able to do like some psychic stuff. But other than that, we completely got to build the profile. So we, we became this old dude named John, obviously had to be psychic. Um, we actually decided to play him as like an old gay man because we felt that like, you know, in the circle, especially when there's when there's like flirting sometimes and whatnot, like sometimes that the old the old man, like old straight man, can be considered like a little creepy, like you know. So to be like the old sweet gay man, he was we had him. He was like married for thirty eight years, had three kids, uh, loved to do like improv and stuff like that. We were like, this is like the sweetest old man. Like everyone's gonna love him, and people really did like him, and, and nobody actually was, was suspicious of. Uh, him being a catfish, which was which was really good. So we played it pretty well. Oh, also, we had access to a handful of his pictures, aside from the one that they made our profile picture. 
and like 75% of them were him as like Santa Claus. So I guess like the real guy, he does like, he works as like a Santa part-time. So we added in our bio, we're like full-time psychic, part-time Santa. And it was just like this whole, it was such a wacky like combo of things, like old gay dude who's psychic, but also dresses up as Santa and likes improv. And like, it was so crazy that I think everyone just believed it because it would be so hard to make up. But you know, we did it, we did it. So yeah, I was yeah playing two different people throughout the course of the game, both catfish was definitely a pretty crazy experience. Uh, and catfishing is it definitely adds a layer of complexity to the game because if you're playing yourself, like you don't really have to worry about covering your own tracks or like lying to other players about who you even are. Like, of course, you might lie to the other players about like, oh, I, I totally trust you. Like, you might not. But then to add to add on top of that, like having to you know talk in a way that's completely different to how you would normally talk, it's sort of like an extra layer of acting or of deception. So. It was pretty crazy. So, like, one of the things that I know was that you and Chloe, who was, like, the actual person, were very, very close within the game. Yeah. Then both of you guys were flirting with Trevor. And then during, like, one of the challenges where they gave you, like, a mannequin head and you had to, like, put makeup on it, that was, like, the part where you struggled a little bit and that became, like, a meme. So if you could just describe, like, what that challenge was and how it went and, like, how you had to, like, kind of cover your tracks, that would be really cool. Yeah, so this is, like... Not to, well, yeah, this was like maybe the highlight of the season, not for me, but just like for everybody else. Um, and yeah, I guess this is, there's some spoilers here. So if you haven't watched the show yet, feel free to go check it out. Uh, this episode particular is episode seven of season two. If you want to skip right to it, or you can go on YouTube. I think it's on, the clip is on there too. But basically, like I said, we do like, ch like little challenges and there's not really like a particular prize, but a lot of the challenges are just like get to know the other players, but also you know, for the catfish, you kind of have to be able to cover your own tracks. Because for another instance was there was a girl who was playing as her husband who, you know, in his profile picture had like a New York Yankees hat on, like very, like very played. She played him as very masculine. And there was a trivia challenge where she had to do a sports question that she actually it was it, it had the, a picture of a. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman. And the question was like, who are these three players? Um, and she actually got it right. She like guessed that the last one was Scottie Pippen, but she got it right. But questions like that are sort of uh, like meant to throw the catfish off. So, you know, watching the show, that's where you have to watch the catfish sort of navigate how to cover up their identity. So we had a similar one prior to that challenge where they gave us like a mannequin head and a bunch of like makeup products and stuff. And we had to make our mannequin head kind of look like our catfish and like make it look super glam and stuff. Or not not look like, it looked like us, but for me, I was Emily. So I had to make the mannequin look like this like pretty girl. And I did not know the first thing about makeup. Like I knew like the terms, like foundation or like highlighter, contour, but I was like, I don't know what those actually mean. So it was just an, absolute mess my mannequin head was just horrible like it just looked super ugly um so immediately and all the other players saw our uh a picture of our final product and immediately like they're, they're, pretty much every player is like oh that's gotta be a dude like that's not something a sorority girl would do and that was what led to me getting blocked the first time because up to that point i was doing pretty decent um but yeah that was a disaster and as it unfolded i was like it was such like a 
messy moment for me because I was laughing at it because I was like, I know when the, like people watch this, it's gonna be so funny. Like this whole season, I've been like very self-confident, like in my strategy, like I've been playing a pretty good game. And then the thing that brings me down is like this stupid makeup challenge. Um, so I was like laughing at that, but in the same moment, I kind of knew when everybody like saw it, I didn't get their direct reactions, but like I could tell, they had a, a Jonathan Van Ness, who's on Netflix's show Queer Eye. He's like the makeup specialist. He was like the guest judge. So he like gave a rundown and everybody else, he sort of was like, here's what you did well. And like, here's what you can improve on. And then mine was the last one he judged. And he basically was just like, this is just horrible. So as he was saying that, I was like, Ugh. like, I know I'm so screwed. So, and I, and the way I kind of quantify is like, okay, I basically just lost the game. I basically just lost a hundred K. So I was like laughing, but I was also like crying. Cause I was like, this is just devastating like damn it so it was just such a crazy moment but definitely a highlight of the of the show's history i would say that unfortunately was on the wrong side of so what i'm gonna do right now is for the people who are watching on youtube you'll actually be able to see the photo oh, yeah. of like the mannequin head right here and then the person that jack was playing which is right here so it's like the photo that he submitted for the challenge so for everybody watching on youtube you can obviously see that it did not go very well but um i think that one of the other guys has a follow-up question so you guys can go ahead yeah so like i just had a quick question is that like you know you're talking about all these different events and everything that happened so like what was the time span or what was the timeline like for recording the circle like when was it because like you mentioned that you started recording like in the middle of like 2020 and then it actually got published at the beginning or april yeah. of 2021 so i flew out so it films in uh, manchester in the uk <laughs> So I flew out there one of like, one of the last days of September 2020, uh, and because of COVID, we had to do a two week quarantine when we got there, which was honestly like the worst part of the whole experience because they, they they didn't want us to have like a much technology, like they didn't want us to have our smartphones because I guess you know we could go on Tinder and search like because we all quarantined in Manchester but in like different little like Airbnbs or apartments or whatever, and because they didn't want us to have like access to the internet or like social media, they took away a lot of technology. Like I brought my Xbox and I was like, okay, if I'm here for like two weeks, maybe I'll play some Xbox. And they're like, they're like, theoretically you could go on Tinder on your Xbox. And like, and the, the guy who was there, one of the, so I was there with like a guy who was sort of like helping move everything in. And then a girl who was like sort of on the production team. And she had to like call to see if I could keep my Xbox. And the guy who was helping me move, who's also like on the production team was like, he was, he was like, yeah, he should be able to keep it. Like, he just wants to play COD, like the new war zones out. And I was like, yeah, facts. <laughs> and he's like, he doesn't even have a headset. Like he couldn't even talk to anybody. And I was like, this is also very true. But they gave him like a call to like the top dogs and they're like, no Xbox. So literally it was just like me stuck in this apartment before the game for two weeks with like just, I had like an Amazon Fire Stick and like a, a like a Android like burner phone with parental controls on it, so I could like text my family, and I could like download like can well I actually downloaded like Pokemon ROMs and played like po like Pokemon Emerald all the way through, uh, which actually kept me pretty entertained. But yeah, it was super boring. Uh, and then that ends. So say I'm trying to think of the exact. I guess I got there, whatever day I got there at the end of September was a Monday. So two week quarantine, I get out on a Monday two weeks later 
and the first day I'm out, so they give you a, um, I guess you can call it like a chaperone, uh, who's like on the production team, who basically moves in with you until you get in the game, because, you know, because of COVID, they didn't want us to go out and about, whereas on the first season, that wasn't really an issue, but uh, because of, so, the, the, and they obviously didn't want to make us, once we were done with our COVID quarantine, they didn't want us to just make us stay in the apartment, so the chaperone would like, take us out for a walk. I guess we're basically like a, a dog. Like, they like, take us for walks and like, get some fresh air. Um, but then obviously, when it comes to actually going in the game, they need someone kind of with us to help us, like, escort us to the facility, all of that stuff. But the chaperones, they try to match you up with a chaperone who's like, you're gonna get along with. So mine was just like 23 year old British lad, like, super, his name was Sam, super chill. Like, we had a great time. First day, out of, so that Monday when we got out of quarantine, the first thing I did was go to the studio where we record our sort of like our intro packages. So when I when, when everyone moves into the circle, you have like an intro package, which is probably like a minute, minute and a half long where it's like, hey, I'm Jack, I'm 21 years old. I'm coming to the circle playing as Emily because like I want to do this, that, and this. Like I'm, I'm actually like a college student. So we like, just your whole, basically just your, your background. Uh, which the crazy thing is, when you film those, you still don't know if and when you're gonna be on the show. So they filmed season two and season three back to back. Um, so they flew out a bunch of people for season two and a bunch of people for season three, but some of the people they didn't know if they were gonna be on season two or season three because, uh, for example, one like you know I said they add people in throughout the season at random interval intervals. They can't really pre-plan who they want to add in because say the first three people that go home are all girls well they're going to want to replace those people with more girls to keep the genders balanced so they can't really pre-plan so there were some people that were there for so but basically when you film that intro package you don't know if and when you're going to be on the show so thankfully i was picked for season two to be in the first eight so i filmed that intro package on monday and the game and i moved into the circle on friday the same week uh and then the film the, the, the show films for two weeks uh basically each episode's one day but season three filmed right a few days after we wrapped up so there were people that flew in and started quarantining on the same day i did and had to st had to hang out with their chaperone for like a month before season three started or they got moved into season three and there were some people who flew out for like season three or season two and three who didn't get on either season and were out there for like over a month and had to fly back home and just didn't get on the show, which would have been absolutely brutal. Um, as you could probably imagine, like the quarantine, like I said, was so boring to be out there, not doing a whole lot, five, six weeks, don't know if you're going to get on the show and then ultimately not would definitely be, you know, super upsetting. So I'm super thankful that I got on. I was like the first person to get on. So that was the timeline. So I, yeah, basically I was there for two week quarantine, four days in between sort of getting ready for the show and then two weeks filming the show. Okay, so like now that we know a little bit like the whole process of actually recording like season two of The Circle, the question I have for you is that like, how was, how was it like going back to college after you filmed The Circle? Because you finished filming like late September or early October, but there was like this weird five month gap between when you finished recording and when it was actually released. So during that time, did you actually like, did you talk to your friends about the show or like, did they know where you were like in that, during that September time? Like, what was it like? Yeah, it was definitely super weird. I'm, I mean, I guess, I, so I got back on, literally on Halloween, uh, 
my fraternity was giving out bids that day, so I like went to like the ceremony. I didn't know I obviously didn't know any of the kids because I had been gone. So that was it was like literally like right back into like my normal college life. That night I went to a Halloween party with uh, the girl I catfished as, who obviously knew I was there because uh, I had to like get her permission and everything. But then yeah, the the good thing was because of the circle, I had to take that. We our school was on the quarter system, so. I had to take that quarter off because obviously while we were filming the circle, I couldn't be like sitting there doing my like math homework. I had to like be fully focused. So when I got back to school, um, I didn't have any like academic responsibilities. So honestly, that was super nice because I was living the college life without having to worry about school, which is like maybe one of the most fun things you can do. Uh, so, but yeah, the transition, it almost felt like when I got back that the last month was just like a fever dream. You know what I mean? Like, especially even the circle itself, it's sort of, it's kind of like Black Mirror-esque in the sense like you're alone in your apartment. You're not really meeting a lot of people. Like you, we met, you, you, you get like a day after the show ends to like chill with everybody. But like at this point, you still really don't know them super well because you barely saw them. Um, and we're recording the show. We're, bas- we're basically alone the whole time with like cameras on us all the time. So it's just like in no other world is that sort of situation happening. So all of a sudden I'm back in like normal society and it's like, did that really just happen? Like, and there's like no evidence of it. A few of my friends knew like close friends that I could trust not to say anything. Um, But most other people just like didn't know where I was. So I would just like make stuff up. Um, And then, yeah. And then we had winter break. Um, and well, at this time we finished filming at the end of October, every indication sort of was like the show was going to come out like right at the start of the new year. Cause that's what happened with season one. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to wait for like two months. Like it's not horrible. Uh, and we had like holiday break and stuff. And then like at the start of December, they started saying like, oh, it's getting pushed back. It's getting pushed back. So it kind of, then I come back to school in January for our, our winter quarter. And I still don't know when it's coming out. And then sort of towards the end of that, so I do like a normal quarter as a student. uh, And then sort of towards the end of the quarter, they tell us it's going to come out like the beginning of April. Uh, So then I'm on spring break in Cancun with my friends and they dropped like the trailer and stuff. But the trailer was like, the first trailer they dropped was like super uh, like low key. Like they wanted to make it so that you couldn't identify like who's actually on the show. So they'd show like these little, little snippets. So nobody even at that point knew I was on the show. But then when they dropped, like, the cast, they dropped, like, a teaser. And then, all right, well, so it was, I, when I was on spring break, I actually got COVID. So then I was, I, I, I got back to Chicago, tested positive, had a quarantine for 10 days. And within that 10 days was when they dropped the cast and they dropped the, like, trailer, all of that. So my last three days of COVID, I was just, like, sitting there, like, watching you know, people start to follow me or people just like freaking out about it. But I was also still in my room. So I like couldn't see anybody. So it was just really trippy. And then the show came out. I spent some of the time in LA um, for like the finale and, and stuff like that. Uh, and then I moved out to LA shortly after for the summer, which was very nice. So show aired April 14th, finished May 5th. And then I moved out May 9th. And I've spent about two weeks during the season out in LA so I wasn't in Chicago that much um I'll be honest when I I was glad to get out to LA because right when the when the show was airing was obviously like the biggest boom of everything and it was pretty weird to be like a college student um because I just thought like a lot 
a lot of people like didn't really know how to like react to it. Like my friends and stuff, or kids like, kids I, I guess acquaintances, like my friends were always chilling, like they were always cool. But you know, eventually it would get kind of old when like every everywhere I'd go on, like every party, like people have like the same comments to make or, or, or they'll think they're being like, I don't know, it's like they think it's friendly, but everyone's like, oh, like you're, you're so famous now. And it's like, I don't like, I don't know what I'm supposed to, I'm not supposed to, I'm not gonna be like, yeah, like, and I'm really not. So it's like, I, I just, it, there would be a lot of weird encounters. Um, whereas in LA, it's sort of, it's pretty normalized, you know? So getting that change of pace and also getting a lot to spend a lot of time with my cast out here in LA was super dope. And then coming back to school this fall from LA, at first I was a little anxious just because I felt like I was really like getting a life going out here and to go back and like take classes that at this point, like uh, like this this fall I took like Spanish 101. So preparing for that, I was like, I just lived like the craziest summer of my life in LA and now I'm gonna be back in like Spanish 101 with like freshmen. It was such a weird switch up, but honestly like it worked out pretty well. Like I had a good quarter, um, handled my academics well, had a lot of fun. Uh, Having turned 21 over the summer, I was now able to enjoy the city of Chicago even more in terms of like nightlife and stuff like that. So yeah, things have been going well with all that. It's definitely a crazy ride. Um, definitely changes life up a lot, but at the same time, like I'm still sort of the same person I was at the end of the day, like do the same thing. So yeah, definitely super blessed with how it all shook out. Uh, and I just like, I like to live life fast. So just the craziness that came with the show always keeps things exciting and you know life still is super exciting i don't know where things are going to go from here obviously some of the the um the hype or whatever from the show has of course died down but hoping for some more opportunities and honestly just very grateful to like to have the platform that i have now it's not cr anything crazy but to have so many people that sort of like follow along with my journey and have an interest in what i do and where i could like go on my instagram story and just say like silly stuff or like like just mess around and people are enjoy it and like it like my the biggest compliment i get these days are people like friends or just random people be like yo i love your instagram stories they're like the best ones out there like i watch them religiously i'm like that means so much to me because that's just me doing my daily life and the fact that you are engaged with that is is so awesome so yeah it's been it's been really crazy i guess definitely yeah and i think that gives us a really good base off of for the listeners who are listening like as we mentioned, the Devin Leo's podcast, the, the voice actor from Mighty Men, his would have released a few days before this. And we asked him the same question about like kind of the peer pressures or uh, that he faced from being on a TV show at such an early age. So I think they'll be able to kind of compare and contrast your experiences as like a university student and how like other university students kind of perceived you from being on a reality TV show versus him as kind of like, a, like an 11 year old or a 13 year old or whatever. Yeah. And, the the back not exactly the backlash but like the peer the perception that he would yeah. have faced yeah 100 and I, I didn't even imagine at a younger age because you know 13 14 that's like early high school or middle school even and speaking from experience that's the time when everyone's like the most insecure version of themselves and so oh like someone is crushing it and they're like acting voice acting whatever like now I feel even more insecure. So the, the, a lot of times the natural response is to be like, you know what, like screw that person, like whatever, like just to, to kind of minimize it so that you don't feel bad. But in reality for any like high school or middle schoolers out there, it's like, you're doing your thing too, you know, just cause someone's, you know, doing some acting doesn't invalidate what you're doing. 
Um, and I truly believe like everyone, if they're putting the right effort in, you're going to have the time where you're going to shine, whether that's like career wise, you know, if you want to be on television, things like that. So right now I had this like little boom, but I'm sure like friends of mine years from now are going to be, you know, running like million dollar companies and I'm just going to be like kicking it. I'm going to be like, all right, who like really won at the end of the day? So everyone, if you put the, if you put the work in, is going to have a great opportunity. It's just the timeline for everybody's a little bit different. Yeah. And you also talked about like your Instagram stories and how you kind of almost make it a vlog in a way. And uh, when Nitin actually originally reached out to you about coming on this podcast, one of the topics we wanted to talk about was social media. And we think, as you mentioned with your Instagram stories, that you handle social media really well because you implement it in a way that still makes it entertaining for your like viewers and your fans, but also you kind of balance it by not doing like constant endorsements or sponsorships like other influencers do and 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 like causing for example um a lot of like those those tend to cause like a lot of depression or like other anxiety problems among teenagers so could you talk a little bit more about that you know some of the negative impacts of excess social media use and how you kind of approach social media no that's a great question because you know before the show I use social media just like anybody else. I was on it a good amount, but I wasn't really posting anything on Instagram. I wasn't putting out stories. I would post maybe, I, even now I'm not a huge fan of like getting pictures. Like if I'm out with people, like for my biz, like for my personal self, my page, etc. like I should be getting pictures, but I, I'm always like, yo, I don't want to kill this moment or like kill the vibes by being like, yo, like let's get a picture. Like I just think it's weird. Um, so you know, especially before I even had followers, like that was never a priority. So I'd maybe post something like once every three months just because I somehow get a good picture from like an event. Um, but yeah, after now it's like, I, I, it's, it's tough. You have to like figure out your, I, I just I try to keep it like authentic. You know what I mean? A lot of influencers right now, it's like, you know, the hottest people. But for me, I don't feel like my following was based on like being outstandingly attractive. Like, like I do all right, fellas. But like, yeah, that's that's not like what brought like what drew people to me. That's not why I got cast on the circle. Like, they weren't they they the circle will pick some hotties. I was not one of their hotties. I felt like I was like the comedic relief, someone that people could relate to, uh, and I I valued that. Like that that meant a lot to me. That like my personality was what got me on the show. Uh, so for like Instagram, for example, I always just try to keep it real. Like, obviously it's fun to post like pictures where you look good and, and like, that's what kind of what my feed is. But the story is sort of for that, like the stories that I feel like are where that personality especially could really show out. Or yeah, it's like, I just keep it honest. I'm very blunt and like sarcastic. Like I'll like, I love doing like Q and A's on my story, for example, or like giving people advice and like, I think a lot of influencers or whatever kind of want to seem like overwhelmingly positive, right? Like, if someone's like, oh, like, I'm straight, like, this happened in my relationship, they're gonna be like, oh, like, don't worry about it. Like, you got, you go, girl, you got this. Whereas I'll just be like, um, I don't want to like curse. Can I curse on here or not? Yeah, I'll just be like, yo, what the, like, what the fuck are you thinking, dude? Like, this, like, what are you, like, just, just try to keep it real. Um, always appreciate connecting with like my audience too. like people DM me. I, I usually just check the DMS. Like it's hard to answer all of them, but sometimes I'll just see someone, um, just 
like a couple hundred followers like say, say something like that they think I'm never gonna see and then I'll respond and be like yo what's up like <laughs> appreciate you and just having that connection but to your point with the negatives I think at the when it when the first when the show first aired I think was sort of the epitome of the negative side of social media uh, at least for me and honestly from the show relatively speaking compared to like some of my castmates I didn't get a whole lot of hate like people generally liked me and on your personal social media pages especially it's much less frequent that someone's gonna be on there hating on you because it's like that takes a certain level of effort and a certain level of like being a bad person to be like all right I'm watching the show Ayushi's on the show you know what, let me go DM him about how I don't like him. Like, it's like, what do you, like, what's the point of that? Like, and people do that. And for me, I, it wasn't a ton, um, but like Courtney and Savannah from my season, for example, who I, I'm very close with, would have people on their timeline just being like, like literally on their pay posts, commenting just like, you suck, like I hate, like, that's terrible. And then to kind of exacerbate that, for me, where I experience the most negativity is like, when the show first comes out, especially as, as a fan of these shows, as someone who's wanted to do this for a long time, I wanted to see what people thought. And that's a very natural human reaction. You want to see what people think of you, whether it's good or bad. So I'd go on Reddit, I'd go on Twitter, and I'd search up, like, the Circle Jack or the Circle Emily. And, like, 9 out of 10 comments are going to be, like, super positive. But then you see the one comment in the bunch that is, like, very negative. And that is like kind of what stings and it hits away. It's more, much, much more impactful than, you know, the good comments. Because I think, now, I actually talked to some people, other friends from reality TV about this, um, people who had struggled with this too, where just, it's sort of human nature to naturally look for like the negative feedback about yourself. Because from like a survival standpoint, like when, when, we, lived, when we lived in like tribes and stuff, if your tribe doesn't like you, like you're going to get like kicked out or whatever. So you need to see the negative stuff and adapt. But at the same time, our mind is not wired to be receiving the negative, the negativity from just like thousands of people on Twitter that don't know how we really are. You know what I mean? So some of the negative comments I'd, I'd completely just laugh off because they'd be like so negative, but like so unbelievable and like untrue that like, I'd just be like, this is not even true. But honestly, the ones that would hurt the most are the ones that were like a little bit accurate. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about yourself, there's like, maybe there's like one or two things about how you look or whatever that you're like not fully confident with. You're like, you know, maybe my teeth can be a little whiter, shit like that. And then if you see someone on Twitter being like, oh, like, you know, you're pointing out those like minor flaws, however minor they are, but then you're like, oh, that's true. Like, oh, I feel so bad about it now. Like, stuff like that would happen, and initially, it, that was, like, the worst right when the show started, especially because as my Instagram was growing, in those first days, I'd be receiving, like, or I'd be gaining, like, hundreds to thousands of followers a day. And at first, my mindset was, like, all right, I need to, like, see everyone who follows me, like, respond to every DM, because, like, I don't, one, I'm so appreciative of this opportunity, like, I want to make the fans day by, like, responding to them, or it's, like, I don't know, like, what if I, Instagram, unfortunately, there's not really a way to like filter through your followers. So I was like, what if some like super famous person follows me and I want to see that? I want like, I want to be able to see that and make that connection. But at some point it literally just becomes impossible. Like 
just so difficult to do unless you want to dedicate like three hours of your day scrolling through like who follows you like there's no point so i i think basically the day after the show came out i was still trying to do that and obviously people have been following me for like the like a week or so before because of like the teaser and all that so i have been keeping up with it but the day after the show came out i was like hungover um which is always not like always bad for like anxiety stuff just like sitting in the car so long over like trying to like and at this point i still have like all my notifications on everything and like every five seconds would be like buzz 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 I'd be, like, i can't do this anymore i just like muted all my notifications for like instagram snapchat like tiktok and eventually and then it was so much nicer and then i also kind of started cutting out like how much i'd go on like reddit or twitter because with reddit stuff for like survivor i'll go on the survivor reddit just to see what like people are thinking about the season or about an episode and that's sort of what i was doing with the circle and then i'd stumble across a comment that'd be like yo jack sucks i'd be like wait that's about me like damn it (laughs) so cutting that stuff out and then instagram and snapchat and like tiktok very positive for me overall but just kind of putting myself in a position where it's like all right if i have some free time right now and I want to go on Instagram, then I'll go on and I'll check my messages. I'll check like comments, but I don't want it like constantly reminding me every minute that I have to like go look at something. Cause you know, phones are designed to like grab your attention and make you go click into your phone and make you go on these apps like for their, for like financial, for their set, for the company's financial sake. So just to meet some of them uh, was definitely a huge relief. So I like that you mentioned about how you're like really close with the people who you were with on the circle. And like it just kind of goes to show that like social media does have good effects because there's some good effects like you were even though you weren't like on a real social media network, you're just sort of like in a game. It was still like sort of social media and you were able to make really good friends out of it. And even like you were meeting people from season one who are currently live in LA and stuff like that. So could you like quickly go into that? And then my second question is when you got casted with Lisa in like the second in the second chance, the height difference is something that everybody was commenting about because you're like six, like way above six foot. And she's yeah. around, she's like in the like maybe. Five. I'm, yeah. I'm like six five six six and she's like five one five two so yeah. there was that one picture straight from the show where they we were standing next to each other uh and the, the camera angle was like messed up so in frame my i was like this like my, my head was completely cut off and she was like right here and they they like left that in the show so the picture of that was just like such a meme um but yeah lisa was great living with her was awesome uh, but with, sorry, what was the first question? Yeah, just like, if you could just talk a little bit about how, like, the circle had an impact on your life, because you obviously had time where, like, you could hang out with the people from the first season, you just made a lot of new friends and, like, connections out of it. Just, yeah. like, the the positive effects of the circle, because we obviously went through the negative effects, you can just go through some of, like, the best moments that you've had on the circle, and, like, outside of the circle, just the benefits that it's had as a whole. Yeah, I just think, A, when you look at the circle or like a lot of other reality tv shows they want to cast fun people so the, the circle family in general is just a lot of people that i would want to hang out with anyways that just people that are a good time to have around and then you add in the fact that you've had the shared experience um that right now only about you know 30 30 35 people can really relate to like you meet someone who's had that experience that you had you're immediately just like yeah, like you, you get it. Like we're lot, like we're locked in, and they're just naturally fun people. Like when you get the chance to hang out with them, you're gonna have a good time. 
Uh, and I do think with, because The Circle is such a new show relatively, only been three seasons, I think the mindset in season one did a good job of really establishing this thanks to them is when, when we see a new season coming out, we want to go show those people love, show them support, help them through like the craziness that's about to unfold. So we'll, we'll shoot them messages, whatever. Uh, and that'll just naturally kind of bring people closer. Uh, and you, it kind of ebbs and flows in terms of like hanging out. Like as a new season comes out, the, 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 their whole cast is obviously like celebrating. They'll, they'll be like watch parties in LA, things like that. So that's always a good ex uh, reason or excuse for the whole cast to get together. Right now, it's been a few months since the season's come out, so hasn't been as much like buzz going on. But I still have a few, you know, close friends from the circle that I see whenever I have the chance. So, I mean, th those relationships that I've gained from that, and honestly, the people that I've met through those relationships, like some of my close, Mitch is one of my closest friends in LA, uh, and now I have friends, like a lot of my friends in LA that I hang out with, like independently. I initially met through Mitch, so. Those connections can't be like, uh, like exaggerated enough. Like th those are some of my closest friends. Um, we joke about it sometimes, where it's like kind of culty. Like we'll just like when the seasons are coming out, we'll all, we're always like doing dinner and stuff and then hanging out. Uh, and it is kind of funny that it's just like circle family. Like let's all get together. But it, it's all it's definitely a good time. And yes, yeah, each new season there's just so many cool people to meet. Uh, it's super and. Uh, I've, I, I know some ramblings about season four, or season five, because I was already filmed. Uh, put put some puzzle pieces together myself to figure out a few people that are on there. Haven't talked to them a whole lot yet, but like, I'm just like seeing the next the next wave of people, and I'm so excited to finally get to know them because I know we're gonna make some great memories together, and just like haven't had that opportunity yet. Yeah, that's great. And like, I think one of the questions we can ask to like wrap up this podcast is. Um, like maybe what you want to do in the future like obviously reality or acting on a, or not even acting being on a reality tv show it's a lot different than actually like acting on a show because um like you were saying in the beginning you're just being yourself and you just want to like portray yourself but like you know when you're acting you want to uh, you want to portray that character that you're trying to act in so like do you do, would you ever want to like maybe do acting in the future or do you think like you would have the skill set to do it considering you on a re reality tv yeah. show yeah you you really just kind of encapsulated my thought process right because right reality tv it's like just being yourself it doesn't like obviously you like yourself has to be good for reality tv but it doesn't take like particular skill but acting you have to be like a pretty you have to have at least some skill and I've done a little bit of like stuff in the past, like in high school I did improv, uh, like even like middle, like I, I don't have a great acting skill set, but I do think that is something I want to explore. Uh, I'm hoping when I you know finish up school, settle down in LA, I want to take acting classes, um, and do some work on the sides just to keep some money, like sustain, obviously sustain myself. Uh, I don't want to go like I don't want to go. I, I like to I, I like to take calculated risks, so I. Being a, a, you know, becoming a, a full-fledged actor is a hard process and something that a lot of people struggle with. So I want to obviously shoot my shot with that a little bit and just see if it's there for me. I also think I'm honest enough with myself where if I'm taking some classes and going to some auditions for like you know two three months and nothing's sticking, I think I'll be able to be honest with myself and be like, all right, maybe this isn't for me, and then pivot. But that definitely is something I wanted. Obviously, another reality show I would totally do. 
but being on screen doing acting or doing some sort of comedy stuff like would be so so fun like i mean that's the dream so i'm like that's like a that's like kind of a dream for anybody so for me it's like why not i have this great opportunity why not like shoot my shot for a little bit um and i'm so like grateful and privileged to be able to have like the means to do that right because some people it's like they'd love to do that but they have to get a, like a, a they have to work two jobs to like support their family so Thank, luckily, I, I have the, the opportunity to be able to try and do that. Um, it, I, my mind honestly goes so all over the place with some of this stuff where I'm like, you know, what do I want to do? Like, there's so many things I'm interested in. Like, what do I want to commit to? Um, so I, I'm doing that or hopefully doing that. Obviously still finishing up school. Uh, I may start like doing some streaming, like video games. I like gaming. So I'm like, why not just let people watch me play video games and make some money and like connect with my audience? Uh, and then, like I said, eventually, you know, unless something crazy happens when I'm 30 or when I'm 40, I'm not going to be like an actor. I'm not going to be like an influencer. So I eventually want to get into, uh, you know, the, the talent, the business side of like talent or sports or entertainment. Uh, my phone is, or my battery is getting low. Um, should I just plug it in real quick? Like, yeah, no worries. All right, there we go. I may just sit on, I'll just sit right here. This is like, but yeah. Sorry, let's, let's resume. Great, so uh, essentially as we wind down this podcast, we always end with our infamous tips question where we essentially ask the guests, what tips do you have for the high schoolers watching this episode? You know, for the high schoolers who maybe wanna get on a reality TV show of their own or high schoolers who want to go into something that you're doing like business or econ or some of the sort. Because actually what you mentioned there about how you're kind of like trying to pursue like this reality TV and this acting career at an early age and then kind of moving into business is it is something that a lot of people do. For example, I, I remember Andrew Luck, uh, who's like quarterback yeah. for Indianapolis. He um, was obviously playing quarterback for a while. And then after he got old, you know, he had his business degree. So he was able to go into business and kind of continue his career. So similar to what you're doing. So if you have any tips for high schoolers trying to do something similar, what would they be? Yeah, I would just say for high school, for people in general, and then especially for like high school, college kids, which is maybe like one of the most formative times in your life. Um, my advice and sort of what I try to live by is any, if you have, if you're presented an ex, like some sort of opportunity or experience uh, where sort of basically if you're, if you're presenting some sort of opportunity or new experience or whatever i always just say like go give it a try if the if the alternative is like sitting at home and chilling for a day like watching tv you're not going to get anything out of that so whatever the best experience you could go participate in that like is like because sometimes you might have a couple and then you have to pick and you like weigh the pros and the cons but like each experience you have whether that's like with new friendships or relationships or uh like job opportunities even if there's a negative, even if it's overall a negative experience, there's going to be things you could take away from that. So if, if I do something and I don't have a great time, like, yeah, it sucks. Maybe in hindsight, I wish I didn't do it, but you're going to know going forward, like sort of red flags to look out for. Like my, after my freshman year, I worked as a financial analyst at like a nonprofit and I, it was so boring. Uh, and I don't want, and that's sort of maybe pushed me even more to be like, all right, I don't want to work like a nine to five, like finance job. A lot of my friends are like most kids in my fraternity just end up at like the big, like the major banks doing like financial, like finance. Um, 
And I now know that I don't want to do that, which, sure, was it a boring summer of, like, in, like internship to come to that conclusion? Yeah. But if I didn't do that then, then maybe a part of me now would be like, all right, you know, I'm looking for a full-time job. Maybe I'll work in finance. And then I'd get a full-time gig and be in finance. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm in the real world. I need money. So I can't quit, but I'm like, okay, I'm not happy with this. And that just makes it 10 times harder. So having those experiences, even if they're negative, you're going to be able to take away and learn from them. And then to sort of, um, uh, compare to sort of like, uh, fit that in with like, I guess reality TV, for example, if I was a casting person for reality TV and I, I know a few, like I've gone through it with survivor, I've gone through it with the circle. Like I, I feel like I'm fairly tapped into like what, makes like a good applicant if i'm a casting person i want to look for someone with a lot of experience like life experience who's doing fun things and not to say that you should like live your life to get on a reality tv show but the experiences that you might have that are are sort of conducive to getting on a show Right. If you if you have this like crazy job opportunity that you accept or you or you like have crazy hobbies that are super fun, that's what makes you an exciting applicant. If you're like a, I mean obviously this isn't for everyone, but you could be like a, if you work in like the fashion, if you work in like the business side of the fashion industry and you like love to surf and travel, like that's like a hook. You know what I mean? Whereas if you're like, and not not to say that people should be like right not like not to say you should all right i'll let me let me rewind if you're like a computer programmer who like just like they like live for their job right they like you don't have a lot of hobbies you, you're sort of even if you kind of enjoy the job um which is which is fine in general but if you're thinking about it from like a reality tv standpoint you need to like diversify your life a little bit you could be a computer programmer who at night loves to go out and party and like be crazy or like loves to travel, right? And then that's like a fun hook. Basically just allow yourself to have the most experiences possible because whether they're good or bad, you're gonna take away something, take, you're gonna take something away from it and learn more and it's gonna improve all of your experiences going forward, I guess is how I would kind of wrap that sort of advice up. Okay, yeah, that I think that's really good advice for like even for like our high schoolers who like really want to like understand how exactly reality TV works because Rishi kept on thinking that like the whole show was fake and it was like acting and I'm like telling him it's real life. He did this for two weeks in real life. It's not like yeah. acting. So thank you so much, Jack, for the time. Um, I hope I mean I this is probably my favorite episode so far just because I'm, like able to meet somebody that I saw on TV. So thank you so much for your time course, and yeah, thank you so much for everybody. Also, last last I guess to wrap up that advice. It's like especially yeah. for high schoolers in particular, like. Don't be afraid to try new things. Like I said earlier, high school is a time where kind of everyone's a little bit, everyone's sort of finding themselves and it could be kind of a toxic space in some ways, but trust me, when you get to college, it kind of just resets. So do what makes you happy and find what makes you, like what makes you happy and sort of who you are in high school. And like, yeah, you might not be like the most popular, but it really doesn't matter. Like it, it, it like it, once you get to college, it's just a whole new like dynamic. Like high school me is so much different than college me, even comparing like senior year of high school versus freshman year of college. 
just because when I got to college, I think I was comfortable enough with myself that I immediately found a great crowd of friends and it's been just a phenomenal time. So I would just say, yeah, don't live, don't live your life trying to be the cool kids in high school. Live your life just being confident with yourself, have fun with your friends, whatever, and then you'll get to college, you'll be ready to go. Okay, thank you so much for that, Jack. Yeah, thank and thank you, you so much me. for everybody who listened. Thank you so much. That's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much a Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.